Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show and the podcast for Clarksville High School Football. I'm Ethan Schmidt, uh, bringing you the interview, weekly interview that we do with the head football coach of the Clarksville High School Wildcats, Coach Isaac Shelby. Coach, how are you, sir? Uh, pretty good, man. Appreciate what you're doing for the for the team. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, fired up. Uh, great win last week. We got a lot that we'll talk about um, as we go through this show. A couple of things that have been brought to our attention as well. Um, so, some kind of cool history things that we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, so a lot of cool things that we're going to go over um, with this uh, with this podcast before we you know dive into the game and all that good stuff. But let's go ahead and start um, with this past game that we had uh, and talking about that Rossview game and, and just the the way that you saw your team respond in the second half compared to how things got going. I've said this a lot, you know, you get in those rivalry games and a lot of times, you know, it doesn't matter. And, and I think you said this last week, it doesn't matter if we're both one and eight or we're fighting for a region championship. It's going to be a good game and both teams are going to rise to the occasion. I thought in that first half, both teams rose to the occasion, played really well. And in the second half, uh, I think we saw uh, what our team has been all season kind of uh, emerge. Yeah, I thought so. Um, you know, those games are always closer than like people expect them to be. Um, you know, you're anytime like you're playing Rossi, you're always going to get whatever the best version of Rossi is. So I think we definitely got that. I, I think those kids played hard. Um, you know, I think Todd did a really good job. He he did some stuff schematically that really caused us some issues with our false pulls and some stuff like that. So I. You know, you know, hats off to them. I think their kids played hard. I talked to a bunch of them after the game and just congratulated them on what they did. So um, it was a tough game for us, for sure. You know, and you mentioned this uh, in the post game there when you were talking to the team. I think it was a, a huge talking point was, you know, we really haven't been challenged all season. And that's been something yeah. that I think has concerned us all as a coaching staff is, you know, when are we going to get punched in the mouth? you know, and say, okay, we've been there, we've done that. And a lot of coaches, like you said, sometimes you would rather have this game week two so you can get punched in the mouth in week two and then yeah. know that feeling as you go forward. But to get it kind of later in the season and to see that, you know, being something that your team was able to kind of rally from, you know, what was that like for you as a coach and being able to see it? I mean, I think it helped our team. You know, you're like there, there's, very, there's very few times where you go through a year like – like we haven't been down all year, not one time, you know. And sometimes in the playoffs, you have to look at your team. Hold on a second. There was a scary part. Okay. Well, come get daddy when it gets scary. Okay. Come get daddy. Right. Sorry there. Uh, Katie went to Hobby Lobby, so this is a podcast slash um, watch Lucy episode, and she got scared about some movies she was watching. So, um, you know, we needed that adversity. Like we we uh, you, you, we haven't been down in a game. We haven't we haven't walked into halftime yet with like a really close game, except Springfield. You know, and it, it, it's just sometimes in the playoffs you have to go back and you know, say to your kids, like, hey, remember when we did this? And and we just haven't had that yet. So I thought it was actually really, really good for our team to play close game like that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think a lot of our guys, you know, I think they kind of felt it as well. And uh, you could kind of see, you know, the, the conversations at halftime and, 
you know, the, the coaches coming in and saying like, hey, this is the things that you guys do well each week and you're not doing it well here. This is, you know, this is what happens when you do that. And I, I thought that was a, a really cool thing. You know, I mean, obviously you never want to be close and, you know, when, when you're having such a, you know, a great season like we've been having. Um, but for yeah. that to be kind of, you know, to see the coaches, because this was another moment for us as coaches too, where we had to, you know, kind of challenge ourselves as a coaching staff to be like, okay, well, you know, you've been good and been pretty great thus far you know how do you get on to these guys because they are a good team how you know and, and I think some of us even got to maybe shake off some of the cobwebs there of being a coach and you know in previous years when you have you know coaches having to come in there and you know kind of uh maybe give a little bit more of the pep talk or a little bit more of the you know the yelling and being like hey you know get this right like this is what you're doing wrong and I, we, I don't think we've really had a game where we've had to look at anybody and say this is what you're doing wrong no, we haven't had that at all, and it's it's a uh, you know, but it wasn't really it wasn't really anything our kids were doing wrong. It was what Rossi was doing really good. Like they slowed the game down, they grinded out possessions, they played good on third down. You know, like in the whole, uh, like somebody asked me like like what's wrong with offense? Like nothing's wrong with offense. Like we only had three possessions in the first half. The first one we scored. The second one we got stopped on fourth down, like a fourth and short that we probably should have converted. And the third one was on like really, really short time, like, you know, not very like just not very much time left on the clock. And and it, it they just did a really job. They grinded it out. They you know, they converted third downs. They uh, they did a good job. It was a good football team. So, you know, it, it was neat to walk in there and just but even like it wasn't a bunch of yelling and screaming, it was halftime. It was hey, y'all just calm down. Like you're playing a good football team and you gotta settle down. You gotta not make mistakes and you gotta convert on those attempts. So, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a yelling screen match. It was just, hey, you know, calm down. I, I think the kids were the kids probably were more upset than the coaches, um, just because they're young and they hadn't been in that situation before. Yeah, absolutely. And and again to kind of rally back and then, you know, how great was it, you know, on Monday to walk in the school and see the shield still there by the front door? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Mr. Feldman takes big pride in that, so does Mr. Cummings. So it, it was good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's great to see that. And of course, uh, that secured a region victory. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about history, I feel, in this episode, uh, because there's a lot of history involved with not only this upcoming game, but some of the things that we've seen, you know, that we're going to talk about. And then um, one of the big things was the fact that we won the first region since uh, the 2007 season. And uh, memorable to you. Yeah, memorable to me, but you were the offensive coordinator. So the yeah. past two region championships for this team, you and I have been on the team together. So that's uh, that's kind of a, a cool kind of thing and a cool bit of history there was, you know, in 2007, you were the one play calling and, and you had fantastic team. And we kind of talked about those comparisons, you know, last week because we knew the region was on the line. But, you know, how does it feel now as like the head coach to be able to bring that you know, that second region title, you know, and just being able to have the ability to say, like, you know, I was here the last time we did it, you know, as a player, you guys were close, you know, you guys kind of catapulted the success we had really in the, you know, 2000s and that early 20 teens era um, of Clarksville High football. But to finally get that one as the head coach, you know, how how special was that for you? I mean, it's just fun. It's, you know, it, it's always, it's always good to have success, but like when, when you look at a record book or you look at, um, 
you, you know, look, look at like the long history of our school. It's neat to be a part of both of those, both of those situations. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, I, it was, it was cool to be on that team. Um, you know, I was not by any means, you know, the, the star, I mean, we had so many amazing guys. Um, I was just happy to be a role filler out there and being able to, to play with a lot of those, uh, um, fantastic athletes that we had on that team back in, you know, um, 2007 and 2008 graduating class, if you will, Uh, just a lot of great guys who were out there playing on that team and, and just really close. And that's kind of how I felt we've been with this squad. A lot of times is just the kind of the closeness, um, that you see from these guys. I mean, you, you really don't have the, you know, I think the thing that I always said with when I was in school was really that, 2008 graduating class and then the 2009 graduating class I always thought that we were very close to each other so when they like left it was a weird like open spot and I feel we're seeing that a little bit with the guys who are going to graduate you know this year and the guys who are coming up in this junior class they're they're fairly close to each other because they've played a lot of minutes together they really have and and I think that the 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 neat thing is, um, you know, if you're talking about a region champion or a playoff team, like any region champion or playoff team has some really good players on it. Like you, you can't not win a region or, you know, advance in the playoffs by really good players, but everyone has that. Like when you get to this time of year, um, it's common. Everyone has that. It, it really, it, it, it more depends on the role guys. It more depends, you know, who has, who has the best, like, Robin to the Batman? Because everyone has that. Like, everyone has a Batman. Everyone has that guy that, you know, you can't, like, let get touches for no reason or whatever. You, you know, it. it I, I just don't think people realize, like, how, how important some of those guys are. And, even, and not even, like, the frontline guys that you're seeing, like the scout guys. Like, how, how important is... Uh, quarterback that's running scout to give you a real look on defense. How important is the running back that's supposed to do what he's supposed to do, or the receiver, or you know, even like the right guard? Like if he doesn't trap right, like you can't run trap, and then you get out there Friday and the kids be trapped for the first time, they don't, you know, they don't react to it or whatever because the scout team guy was bad. So there's a lot of um, you know, the, the same guys kind of go on the paper every week, but there's a lot of unsung heroes that don't, you know, and, and when you have a good team, you have to have those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think a lot of people realize how important that scout team look is for your starters. You know, this is, it's mm-hmm. a huge critical role um, to have guys who are, you know, when they're watching huddle, they're not just watching what the other team's doing, but they're getting ready to mimic it. And I, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize how crucial that is to your everyday game planning um, and until, you know, you get to it. And then on a, you know, on a Friday, your safety knows, oh, this is definitely a pass. Like, this is a passing situation. They just got this. This is, you know, kind of leaking into that. All that, you know, it, it's like the uh, the old tornado warning, tornado watch um, thing. Yeah. You, know, you have the elements. And I, I think uh, meteorologists sometimes will be like, it's like making a cake. Uh the ingredients are there, but the cake's not made. But the cake, yeah. if the cake is made, then you have a tornado kind of deal. It's it's kind of that same situation. Um, is that you know the the if all the ingredients are leading up to okay, we know on third down they like to run, you know this play action. You know it's been crucial in in picking up you know short yardage or whatever it is. Then our guys know that because we've done that. 
you know, in that scenario for people. So I, I don't think people realize how crucial that having a good scout team is to prepare you. And, and just, you know, you're never going to have guys on your scout team who are matching the athleticism as some of the guys who, you know, may be signing to go play Division One football somewhere, but you do have a good chance to, like, see the look and, and have that feel as well. Yeah, it's probably more important than anything, to be honest with you. Like, if you can't, like, if, if the other team's running, like, wide cross concepts or something, and you cannot throw it at all on scout team, then you just throw the ball incomplete over and over and screw the route up every single time. Like, you get to Friday and you haven't, you haven't really seen wide cross run correctly. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's vitally important. And I think the older guys on the team understand, um, like the value of the guys that are doing that. And, and you just kind of got to, you know, come up with a bunch. Like you gotta, you gotta do that a little bit. You gotta understand that a little bit. And then it makes you a better player long run. Cause like you've done that, you know? Absolutely. Well, coach, we'll talk a little bit about this, uh, this graduating class cause it's going to be senior night. And I guess we can, um, kind of talk about, uh, some of the cool little statistic that was sent to us. Um, this week, Ben Moore sent us a, a kind of a listing of teams in the history of Clarksville High School and their uh, overall wins by a graduating class. Right now, the class of 2024, um, which is our senior class, they're at 29 wins, which is a three-way tie with the class of 2008, which won the region, um, and the class of 2010, which was uh, kind of book ended the year that I graduated or my graduating class, mm-hmm. which is second all time uh, tied with the class of 1971 who had 30 wins. Um, of course, coach Stanley gave it a little jab and said, I, I think your class may have just uh, kind of piggybacked off of some other good classes and I'm not going <laughs> to fault them there. Uh, but yeah. uh, looking at that to know, you know, we talk about this, this is our COVID class. This was a class where, you know, a lot of extra work probably went into this class because, you know, at times we couldn't even be around them or they couldn't really be practicing. Um, for them to be kind of in the the talks of, you know, region champs, a chance to go undefeated, you know, to have the most wins in program history, and really 31 would put them there. Um, yeah. It would put them as the number one winningest, you know, program, uh, winningest, I guess, graduating class. If they can get to 31 wins, that, that puts them atop there. But, you know, to, to kind of think about the journey that these seniors have had, you know, talk a little bit about this group and, and kind of what they've meant so far and what they've meant to the program. I mean, it's 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 kind of an interesting deal because they battled some stuff that, um, aside from like the Spanish flu when Clarksville was playing through that, like, um, you know, they've they've had some battles that no one else has. You know? And even that class, like, if you think about it, like when you're talking about total wins, there was one te- uh, there was one year they only played eight regular season games because the first two were canceled by COVID. So that's a that's a factor in that too but like if you can walk off that field as the all-time like winningest group in a four-year like in a four-year span that's a that's a big big deal for somebody that has so much history as we do to me yeah absolutely i agree with you completely on that that's a really cool stat for them and like you said i mean they're doing this in a bridged career um which is just absolutely crazy to think and and you know guys like laney have been on the field since his freshman year, so he he knows the the stakes of you know being a a wildcat and what it's meant for him as well. So, um, coach, we'll talk a little bit about the JV game that happened on Monday, final JV game of the season. JV guys finish unbeaten as well. Um, uh, win against Rossview on the road. 
Uh, you got to see some of the, the things that we were doing well there in JV, and um, you've had a chance to call two JV games as well. Um, yeah. What did you see from the guys, and, and you know what, did, what, what can we expect from that future group coming up? I, I think it's a really good bunch. You know, we're talking to a couple kids today. Like, it, it's kind of hard because if you think about it, like, we only start one sophomore um, on varsity, and that's it. Like, one sophomore and one freshman. So, um, like, there, there's some guys like Bryson Ellington or Christian Young or, you know, guys like that that I'd say four years ago probably would have never played a JV game at all. Um, and, and, and those guys are, you know, you know they're playing the sophomores. You don't play any juniors on JV. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where some of the freshmen have kind of been pushed down um, a little bit just because some of those sophomores got to get some reps and they got to get some minutes and time. So, um, you know, it's just good overall for our program to have, you know, the varsity level, the junior level, and the middle school level all having success right now. Absolutely. Definitely like to see uh, the success that those guys had and just kind of the sheer enjoyment that they had as well this season yeah, uh, there yeah, as a JV time. squad. I mean, it, it's been yeah. fun to see, and some guys were stepping up, and um, we've seen some guys, like you said, who definitely earn varsity spots. I mean, that's just kind of mm-hmm. what JV's there for is to earn varsity. And some of those guys are playing spots that maybe – they may not play again until they're a senior and they'll get valuable minutes as a, you know, a junior, you know, playing on the D line or whatever it is. And that's not their normal, maybe defensive position, but that's where they're finding success and where they're getting a little bit of chance to play on JV to kind of taste, you know, both of those, uh, both of those avenues, if you will. So uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think Coach Conway does a really good job with our defensive line. Like, we're kind of unusual. We do some different stuff with those guys. But he does a really good job of, like, taking that bunch of guys. And we always give him, like, the best guys that we can, come like, come up with. And, like, he, he, do, he just does a great job of getting those guys on the field and turning them into players. And sometimes they're kind of, um, like, we joke, like, it's kind of like the, I don't know, like the – Island of Misfit toys a little bit. Like it's it's hey, like this linebacker is really good, but he doesn't read keys well. Or you know, even like Weston Boyd, like like he came in as a safety, and you know it. it you know there were some things that like he did well and didn't do well, and all of a sudden we're in the defensive line, and he's just killing it. Like he's he's doing a really really good job up there. Like he's going to end up playing college football because he went down with Coach Conway and mixed it up on defensive line and lifted hard and. Um, you know, he'll end up playing college football because he did it. Yeah, and it's been really fun to watch those guys grow as well. I mean, Donovan was another one of those guys where, you know, you kind of looked at Donovan and and you saw his frame and his size. And, I mean, most most teams he probably plays linebacker, but he has, you know, absolutely been really for the past two seasons has been a terror. And I think his sophomore year was when he – kind of first started putting his hand in the dirt a little bit and I, I think he was like man I kind of like this you know and we saw uh-huh. some we saw some flashes there on JV and you know Weston as well his sophomore year on the D-line and then you know junior junior year they kind of were more rotation and we're getting a little bit more uh you know more time to kind of learn from guys like the Soyberts and you know yeah. some of those guys and now this year they've just been you know phenomenal to kind of watch them play defensive line I mean it's been really cool to see their growth over the the couple seasons we've had with them yeah Donald's a really cool story too because he was like a he was like a baseball pitcher and then he kind of showed up and we didn't really know what he was and we tried him a couple like a couple different places and 
um, he kind of found a spot there, defensive line. And it's one of those weird things where, like, you know, we, we don't know what you are, so we're going to play you here. Like, you're strong, you're athletic, quick, like, your first step's really good. And that's a guy that's, um, I, like, I don't know for sure. I'm just guessing, like, you're the statistic guy. But at the end of the day, he's probably going to hold a sack record that goes for 117 years deep and play college football because he went down there and played D-line, you know. Um, like, I, I, I you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I think at the end of the year, like, that guy's going to hold the all-time sack record. I think he's very close. I, I would have to look at the uh, the website and, and double-check it, yeah. but I know he's he's fairly close on sacks. Um, he's he's been an absolute terror on the D line. So yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, and I and I think Weston's probably going to be like second behind him. Um, it may be. It's, it, it's, may be. it may be those guys kind of at the top too. And I mean, even Peyton Langan's had a few this year that will probably yeah. put his name on that. You know, in a tie maybe for a spot somewhere. So um, been some really good uh, good things to see. But uh, coach, uh, we were talking a little bit about history, and, and you brought up something that was pretty cool um, that you wanted to talk about. And I think it's it's something that you know we always talk about the 117 years, and we talk about you know the the tradition of Clarksville High School and all that. Um, but one of the cool things is, is when we can kind of see the connections that run deep in Clarksville High School and people don't realize how deep, you know, some of those bloodlines run, but you got an email, uh, this week and someone was telling you a little bit about the, some history and there's multiple people that were connected to our 1945 undefeated team. Um, talk a little bit about that and, and kind of, uh, what, what you were able to find out. Um, I mean, it's, it's neat that, um, like on the south side of Clarksville, like people, like people stay here, people, um, you know, like people, uh, really have a lot of pride in this side of town. So, um, it was pretty neat. Thomas Murphy, you gotta give him a lot of credit. Like he's, he's really, really good. Like he's a big historian of Clarksville High and, um, he went back and found like multiple, multiple people that, um, actually had like a direct relative that was on the 1945 team. So, um, you've got, uh, you've got Ben Moore that has a direct relative, uh, Porter Murph, who has a direct relative, um, myself, who has a direct relative, uh, Jack Wyatt, Elliot Wyatt, they have a direct relative. I don't know if, uh, I sent you the email earlier of like a family tree on it, but I'm, I'm not sure if I'm missing anybody, but, but this was really neat to say, like, you know, hey, I was part of an undefeated team, and the last undefeated team also included, like, my great-grandfather, which is just, just, you don't get that a lot of places. It's just really, really cool thing to me. Yeah, and, and, and to, you know, for being the oldest school, you would expect that, but I think a lot of times people maybe forget that, you know, especially when it's a couple uh, um when it's a couple of different, you know, generations maybe removed or, you know, maybe somebody moves away and then comes back or, you know, things like that. Sometimes you, you know, maybe a generation gets skipped that didn't go to Clarksville High School and then you get to see that, you know, here they are and and now great, great grandsons are playing for the team, which is just a super cool thing. And you've mentioned, I mean, it's always been, you know, we always talk about tradition and, and that's the reason why. And, you know, that we break down to family, you know, and, and to think, you know, it, I think sometimes we look at it as, oh, uh, you know, it's the family on the field, but a lot of times it's the family. That's the tradition. I mean, 
the coaching staff and and to see guys who have played here and come back and you know your coaching staff has made up a lot of guys who you know are alumni of the program itself you know I mean that that's kind of what that whole family you know moniker is is that we try to you know see where the relate you know that that have that relation with you know former to see where the former players are and to see you know who's related to who you know on that on that cool family tree so yeah I definitely think that that's super cool um and a super cool uh thing that we're able to kind of say at Clarksville High School um you know it's not just like oh yeah you know maybe maybe my you know my brothers play here no it's my great-great-grandfather was on this team as well yeah it's like I, I I don't know that it's um I don't know if you can match it. You know, it's it's one thing, like you said, it's one thing when your brother does it. It's another thing to walk out like on that field, knowing, hey, I'm fixing to match something that my great great grandfather did. You know, it's that that didn't happen a lot. It, it's just really neat. All right, coach. So uh, we'll jump into the upcoming game. Um, this is yeah. a this is kind of a a, a game for you that um is kind of uh you, you spent times on both sidelines so you yeah, you've yeah. you've you know you you obviously you played at Clarksville High School you graduated from Clarksville High School you were a coach at Clarksville High School and then um you went to Northeast you know you you cut your chops over there got a chance to be the head coach at Northeast and then found your way back to Clarksville High School what does this game mean to you um when you when you truly look back at it cuz i know obviously you know it's always a it's always a fun time to kind of see your former players go at each other a little bit on this um, because you know you're always going to have the Northeast guys that were like well you know this is what he did with us you know and then you yeah. always have your Clarksville High guys who are like well hey 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 come on now he you know he's he's one of us he's a wildcat you know so yeah. what is this game like for you as a head coach and and how do your former players um, do they reach out to you and, and and you know talk to you during this week a lot or how does that go for you? No, they do. Um, I, like even. Um, even last week at the end, you know, um, like two of the first guys that, um, that I had come up and talked to me at the end were uh, Montreal Party and Dylan Warren. So, like, Montreal was a really, really good player. Um, you know, Dylan was too. And, like, he was a starting center for us for four years. And, like, he was so happy to come over there and watch that game. So, that was really neat. Um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet. They, at first, there was a lot of um, – there was a lot of hard feelings with you know, where, where, you know, I, I was coaching against the little brothers and cousins and guys that, you know, I was directly related to. So it was kind of hard, but, um, you know, some of those things are kind of fading, but, um, you know, the, it, you know, Northeast is a great place. Um, you know, it, it, they've got a lot of really good people. Um, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed my, my time there. It was short, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, the, those those people are good folks, and, um, you know, they got a good football program over there. And I kind of, you know, I'm prideful that, you know, I have kind of built that to what it is, I think. Well, you know, those guys have to understand, too, when we very first saw you on the other sideline, it wasn't a it wasn't a, it wasn't a fun feeling. Yeah, you know? It was, tough, it, it was yeah, definitely yeah. a weird, you know, because and like you've said, I mean, and I and I've told you this before. I I wouldn't be in coaching if it wasn't for you. Um, I don't yeah. think if anybody ever asked me to coach, it it really took like a special and 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 you know this as well as I did when you and I very first talked about me coming to coach. I thought you were calling because you were just wanting to like do a podcast with me. That's yeah, all I thought. Yeah. I never once thought that you were going to say, "Hey, 
come, you know, if you want to come volunteer, be a part of the staff, like we would love to have you. Like, that's not what yeah. came over my mind. I was thinking, yeah. uh, we're, you know, let's do something fun for Clarksville high school. You know, we can do a weekly show and you're like, well, Hey, would you want to do this? And I was like, well, I didn't even think about that. So, you know, yeah. so, but like, it's, it is a weird feeling. It's a very weird feeling. Cause it I is. remember it the is. first time we played y'all, um, it was my senior year and just looking across there because for three years or two years, really for me, you were either like right, I was either right next to you and you were making me carry that clipboard in 12 degree weather, or, you know, you were in the box calling the plays and you were, you know, yelling at me at practice to get better and do my job and things like that. And then to, you know, after that game, my senior year to look over and, you know, you're in the huddle with them. It was just yeah. such a weird like feeling. So I get what those guys say. Like I, I get what they're saying. Cause like, you know, when they're just like, you know, it's weird to see them over there. Like, it was extremely weird to see you not in purple and gold, not on our sideline, yeah. not in our box, not calling the plays. Like I completely understand that as a player to to kind of see that. And I, I'm I know, you know, speaking as a Clarksville High alumni and obviously, you know, a Clarksville High guy through and through, we love that you're back, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope so. Oh um, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. I it was weird being on the other side. You know, it it was one of those things that um you know, it was definitely tough to do at the at that time, but I thought it was, um, I thought it was the best thing at that point for you know my young family and myself, and it probably ended up being the right decision, um, you know, to do that and kind of take a, you know, like a small promotion and and, and go do uh go do some of the things that we needed to do, but um, you know, it, it was definitely difficult. It was hard. Um, you know, it gets easier every year because you know less and less of those guys. But you know, I'll tell you, like the the most important thing I think is hiring good people. You know, and you know, even when I was at Northeast, I was able to do that. When I was at Clarksville High, I was able to do that. And and the best thing you can do is continually hire good people that care about the kids, that work hard, that. They do all the things that we do that, that you know that people don't really see all the time. So, um, you know, when you can when you can hire good people, especially at Clarksville High, when you can hire good people that are Clarksville graduates that that you know care about the program like more than like on a surface level, just just care about it deeply. Um, you, you have to do it. You don't, um, you know, you don't you don't get the chance to hire those people all the time. So. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a really, really good thing. And we kind of started that intern program a couple of years ago again, Fryer. So, um, you know, just to get more people in coaching and, and to get more people um, that are uh, that are invested in our school, in our kids, in our community. So, you know, I'm just really excited about that overall. Just, um, you know, there's just so many Clarksville High graduates. There's so many people on our staff that that really, really care. When you get a bunch of guys that really, really care, it, you know, good things happen. I think. Well, Coach, what do you, what can we expect from this Northeast team? We always know that we're going to get a team that's, uh, you know, obviously ready to go to go to battle with us. I mean, that's what you can always yeah. expect from a Northeast squad. What can we expect from this year's team? Uh, I mean, I think you can expect a fast group. You know, I, th- I think two. Number two, number three can go, um, you know, they're all athletic. They can move, um, they can move in space. They can move in small areas. Like it's just athletic bunch. I think Sam Lips, he does a really, really good job. Um, you know, I know he got promoted. Um, like he, you know, he cares about the kids. Like he's invested, like, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that, um, that really impresses me from like an outside looking in, 
yeah, I, I think Sam does a good job. All right, Coach. So uh, last week we had our trivia question. We want to give our shout-out to our title sponsor for the show and Sheepdog Customing, Coach Stephen Conway, and thank him for all that he does. And last week's trivia question that we had was the uh, the first year that the Shield was ever played for, um, which happened to be the 2008 season. Um, that was the first time that the Shield was ever played for. Of course, Rossview opened in the early 2000s. Um, but yeah, the Warfield Shield played for the first time in 2008. That was our trivia question last week. Um, this week's trivia question, not really a trivia question. We did something earlier um, where we talked a little bit about what uh, what like what crazy high school mascots were there um, in yeah. in the um, you know in in the United States, and we we talked about that. And so uh, some of the coaches were sending uh, the videos of Mike Leach. Um, and they were asking, they said that they wanted me to ask you similar questions, uh, to Mike Leach, um, and see what type of answers if you gave Mike Leach-esque answers. Um, but Mike Leach, they went on a tangent one day talking about, uh, which SEC, or excuse me, which, um, Pac-12 at the time, which is, you know, going to be disbanded in the next year or so, uh, which Pac-12 mascot would win in a fight. Um, and he went on a long tangent about that. And so our question this week um, is what SEC mascot do you guys, as the listeners, think would win in a SEC battle royal um, of the mascots? And we need a good we need a good reasoning why. Okay. So right. I'll I have, can do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll have you. I'll whenever people send those information in, and again, the the reason why is probably what's going to win you. Um, you know, the shirt. So coach Shelby will yeah. be choosing that next week. Is there a college mascot that you feel you obviously, and out of all conferences, all the, all the mascots that you know of, mm-hmm. do you feel like there is one that if it was a battle Royal would win in total supremacy? That, that Okay. That's really, that's really tough on the spot. Um, man, that's, yeah, that's too tough on the spot. Like, I'd have to do some like real research on it. To, okay, like, I I would feel that. I would feel that you would have to maybe go with one of like the natural, maybe like disasters, like the hurricanes. That's tough. Yeah, for sure. Or like a golden hurricane down in Tulsa. I don't know the difference between that. Is that a like a dust bowl? I don't know. I, I, yeah, so it could be. Okay. But you know, Mike Leach had a thing. You know, he he mentioned Arizona State. They're the Sun Devil. So what type right. of mystic powers do they maybe have? Um, could they stop a hurricane? We don't know. Yeah, I think um, I think hurricane's tough to beat. I, I really have to like, I'll go back tomorrow and look at that, but hurricane would be would be tough to beat. Um, Rick, I was uh, joking with some of the managers at practice the other day, but, uh, well, not the other day, it was a couple weeks ago, but um, I was watching this Netflix documentary about how, like, when Hurricane Andrew hit, like the um like hit Miami, like all the snakes got out of the zoo yeah. and they got into the Everglades, and they like now they're finding snakes like in the Everglades that are like combinations of like native snakes that are in the Everglades and like non-native snakes that got out of the zoo, which yeah. is pretty annoying. And then I asked um I asked a couple of them like, I wonder what the tornado drill at the zoo is like, you know, because we do those at school like every month. Right, you know, but like at the zoo, what what really happens? Because you can't just mix all the animals together. Like there has to be some sort of like, I don't know, 
uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what they do, but like, how often do you do a tornado drill at the zoo? Because you can't put the lions and tigers together, and you can't put the tigers with the monkeys as you the monkeys. True. You know? Uh, there has to be like an evacuation style plan where I guess you get them back into their like actual like, um, like home area because obviously yeah. yeah they obviously they can't stay out in the elements so yeah how do you how yeah. do you get them back in there is there somebody that their main job is to like almost be like the prey to be like hey chase me back into your your cage so we can get you out of the elements yeah I mean can you imagine that like like it's one thing like. You say, hey, like, tornado drill, everyone, like, get down by the wall, cover your head. But, like, what happens there? You know? Yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of animals you could get in separate quarters quickly. And in, in your years of teaching, do you think it's harder to, you think it would be harder to get the animals in or the children to do what they're supposed to do? Oh, animals for sure. <laughs> animals for sure. Like, the students don't want to do it, but, like, they will do it when the siren goes off or gotcha. whatever. Like, they're going to do it. Yeah, it's definitely animals. Um, definitely animals for sure. Cause like none of the students are going to eat the other students. True. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, like, well, hopefully. Yeah. But like it, like it, you can't just throw like, I don't know. You can't throw a kangaroo and a lion in a really small space and expect like nothing to happen. You know? Um, yeah. I would, I would like to do a tornado drill at the zoo for sure. Do you, do you feel in our area, obviously, with the mascots that we have, uh, kind of getting back on the mascots, do you feel that, obviously, I, I mean, which which one of those, I mean, would be oh. kind of a, you know, you have uh, you have your kind of your people mascots with the Indians and Vikings and, and Knights, do they yeah. kind of cancel each other out? Um, it's just left to the animals at that point? I don't, I don't think so. I think... Um, you know, I think wildcats is good, obviously, because we're the wildcats and it's a native species. So, like, I'm for that. Um, I think the hawks are hawks are good. There's a lot of hawks around here. You know, eagles are good. Eagles are good because there's also like a um, like a uh, um, you know like a Fort Campbell tie to that. Yeah. So I think that's good. Um, you know, I, I I talked before. I don't think the Vikings and the Cobras like they're not nice. They're not native, so that didn't, to me, make a lot of sense. Um, the Indians probably have the best weaponry of everybody. Sure. You know, they've got bow and arrow, they've got spear. Um, you know, a, a, definitely a bow and arrow versus a wildcat would be difficult. Um, coyotes, I don't know. I think they're probably going to eat things that are already dead, maybe, um, you know hunt at night i don't know about that uh the knights the knights are tough because they have armor no one else has armor so like yeah. a knight versus indian would be tough you know because like you can shoot your bow and arrow all you want but it's going into a night so you know i don't know how effective that is they're leaving anybody out uh um, i mean out of the city schools no i mean i, I think that's everybody yeah I, I would go with indians on Best weaponry and probably like how effective they are against the night. Maybe like to shoot them in a part of uh, them that doesn't have, um, like doesn't have armor. Right. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going with Indians on that. <laughs> okay. So we know which one locally. Again, for our for our question, it's going to be what SEC school we're going to pull into the SEC mascot. So I, we should see a lot of people who are going to tell us. 
um, you know, obviously root for their fan base there that they root for in college football. But we're wanting to know uh, what college mascot for the SEC would win in a SEC mascot battle royale, and we need a good reasoning why. Um, that is our trivia question, and I'll, again, Coach Shelby's going to choose the winner next week's show. So, Coach, one final thought. Obviously, it's senior night. You know, what's what's the message to the fan base as we get ready for Northeast? You know, um, they're really fast. You know, they're explosive. They score any time they want. Um, you know, they're athletic on defense and do a bunch of different stuff. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, how different they are this week compared to, like, how they've been in the past. Um, you know, do they do they kind of go status quo or do, or do they do something super unique and what, like, the offensive staff will have to figure it out pretty quick. So um, that's just a – you know, it's a tough one, but, like, you know, if, if you have a chance to come out and see history, especially since something, like, especially something that hadn't happened since, like, World War II, like, if you think about that, um, like, you know, alumni, former players, like, come out, like, cheer these kids on and, and, and hope they can do something really, really cool with Hilda J. All right, Coach. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, for joining us this week. And, of course, uh, thank Miss Lucy as she joined us for a little bit, uh, for a few seconds there. So um, we'll leave her uh, We'll leave her in there for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Miss Lucy right Claire. She's, yeah, she's waving her bat at me in the garage right now. So. <laughs> okay. We'll let you get to her and in, uh, in some uh, softball practice over there, Coach. Uh, uh, again, thank you for your time. And thank you guys so much for listening to another week of the Isaac Shelby Coaches Show. And again, we thank you guys for listening. We hope that you join us again next week.